Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. So what are we talking about today, Jesse? Oh, what are we going? We're, 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 we're rolling. Oh yeah, You cut out the racist stuff? Nope, it's in. Not all of it. I could cut it out. Leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> Leave it in. This crowd. That's what people tune in for. They know it's all in good fun for me. Yeah, <laughs> right? It's super fun to be racist. For me, it is. And I think that's what people want is like... For me to have a good time, right? <laughs> well, if you're having fun, everybody else is having fun. Absolutely. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. Wholeheheartedly yeah. believe. Uh, welcome. I have fun when you're racist. <laughs> because, like, you're so white passing. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. Sorry. I heard that for the first time the other day. Is that on, a new like, thing? I, I don't know, but I heard it for the first time on some podcast that I won't say because you guys will get mad that I listen to it. But. What, the Stormfront podcast? No, it was like the Daily or something was wrong or some kind of woke, Ew. woke thing. But uh, so, someone said that. Like, I am Latino, but I'm, I'm very white passing. passing. I think I'm white passing. I'm, I'm definitely white passing. Well, yeah, and oh, you're, but, but you're white, you're right? White. So it's like, if <laughs> I was, like, it's like I when I was saying I was Mexican, right? Yeah. People were like, um, <laughs> right? You're not even white passing. No, I'm just like just not even Mexican, <laughs> right? Like they're just like, um, we don't believe you, right? Yeah. But then there's certain people, uh, i.e. Joel. Mexican mustache. That's how people know I'm actually partially yeah. Mexican. Poor poor a hemp lay yeah. poor a hemp lay Joel. Have you been dyeing that mustache? Just the it's top? A, no, it's all I got left. How is that so much darker than your just beard? Just let it be. Just let it be what it is. I love it. You sure you're not using just for men? I'm sure. Okay. My pubes can are you than use actually? Can you use just for men? In a, keep the whole beard and everything, but do the the handlebar black Ooh. on top of full gray beard. Ooh. I can do that. Where people are like, I just like, oh, it just like grows like a handle, like black and handlebar. Just never admit that I'm. And dying. just be like, dude, I. <laughs> that's just leave it be, right? That would look. I would love that. Yeah. It, We're going to do it. I don't know. It, it doesn't really look like you even need to do that. Your mustache is so much darker than the I've rest got of three I know, but he can, go, he can take the line, though, all the way down. Do you know what Ooh, I'm saying? okay. I see yeah. what you're saying. But on top of, just with the yes. just for men, yes. yes. And then the strips continued down through the bush. Uh-huh. <laughs> Anyways, thank you. Um, welcome to Jesse Wiseman's Crime Corner. Yeah! Ah! Authorities are desperately searching for a killer accused of going on a rampage. The search for a possible serial killer. An urgent manhunt for a man authorities believe is behind a triple killing spree. Police here speculating that a possible serial killer may have struck again. I told her to get out of the car and that's when she became afraid and then I shot her. Some new features. Oh, yeah. We've got a nice little look at Joel <laughs> upping our production value. Shut look at up. him. 
Sup, sup, sup. <laughs> so we don't get so annoyed when we cut to him, right? Um, well, I, I do every time. More anyway. handsome Something, to see, like this weird fucking like guy. Like this weird fucking guy. <laughs> um, we've got a really great case today. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a little intro I to tease that. you guys. So today we have a crazy winding road of a case that will leave Joel more confused than he's ever been in his life. <laughs> we will have uh, a man on trial three times. Elder abuse. My favorite. A he said, she said evidence. Yeah. A diabolical plot for revenge. And if you're not crying at the end of this, you have a heart of black coal. Okay? It does have a sad ending. It really does. What? And I have audio to make us oh, cry. I know. No. You don't even know, Joel. Yeah. Like, you don't even don't know. know. <laughs> you know nothing. You are the audience, right? I almost, I got a little emotional just thinking that I didn't like I know. <laughs> I know. I cried in my car listening really? to the Dateline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh. I, I think it's just from the lack of sleep lately. I just, I just got, like, no emotions. Really, it's opposite for me. If I'm tired and stuff, like, I will just, like, cry at everything. Me too, yeah. Yeah. The wife and I watched Forrest Gump the other day and and cried, like, 18 times. Oh, did you cry at the part where Jenny gives a name? Yeah, he's crying, he's crying. Anyway... Um, okay, so as per usual, uh, you guys sent in for our last Crime Corner, Crime Corner 20, about oh, the, Australian, yeah. the Australian, uh, yeah, the Australian <laughs> um, young, pretty, pretty gal um, young, pretty, pretty gal that got thrown down or threw herself down, um, the refuse bin or the garbage chute is all you kind of need to know, right? Yeah. Boyfriend's the suspect, gets exonerated, whatever, whatever. We don't know if it he was a, a suicide or a murder. Right. So those are the things you need to know for these uh, amazing titles. For these make, winners. These, these are winners. really good ones. Winners. Right. Right. All with accents, please. <laughs> I'll try. I'm reading all the ladies' ones, no matter what. Just saying. Yeah. So Kimberly... Refuse wild ride. The refuse down under. I like that. Blasty cat, which I found out is, she even says. Yep, she's confirmed. I'm indeed a lady. I'm actually Sarah in the DB chat. Okay. She didn't do one this time, that, but she's usually a, a is winner. The, is that the Sarah that recommended the episode? Cause she's going to have to let us know I now. Because I don't know. She, she I, don't know. Uh, I think it was last episode. Um, okay, so first handful of pretty good ones comes when, from uh, Grazi. Yeah, I think Grazi or Grazi. Grazi? Okay. Right. Um, oh, also her name was um, Phoebe Hanschuk. That's another Phoebe. thing you need to know. Phoebe uh, Hanschuk. So first, f- first one I really like. Hanschucked into the garbage chute. <laughs> I like that one a lot. Um, it's, it's refuse can, not refuse can't. Yeah. That's a good one too. That's a good one too. That's then good. just quite simply trashy lady. 
That okay. one, okay. I really okay. liked that one. I that like was the first that one that caught my eye. Yeah, it's just straight to the just point, isn't the it? Point. Yeah, it's good. Um, life's a slide. Um, and then refuse to investigate because they did not investigate at all. That's a pretty That's good, good one, too. I like a good play on words. Yeah. Ruben had a really good one. Confusing, but good. I refuse to give a title. I guess I'm too witty for certain cast members. Wait. <laughs> Is that a title? Hmm, it's an interesting one. It might just be Ruben being a bitch. <laughs> Now, now, who is it that he's but taking he ha- a jab at? I think he knows. What? Who's he taking a jab at there? Me. You? Me. I, I don't recall you talking shit about him on the last episode. I always do. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, I know we always do, but it wasn't I anything, do. I, I'm wasn't nothing if normal. not consistently talking shit about Ruben. <laughs> but only because I love him. Yeah. Ruben's the best. Every time he comes into we town, he's just like the... Funniest bundle of joy, b- driest. Like he will not smile or talk at all, and I love him. <laughs> <laughs> He'll just kind of in- interject like little things every mm-hmm. once in a while. He's got good quips. Yes, he's got real good. Yes, quips. so interesting title, Ruben. We don't know if it's a front runner or not, but little wordy. <laughs> little, yeah, yeah, little wordy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, James Reese, I misuse. A misuse of the refuse. (laughs) Like it. I like it. I like it. Preston, we'll read one. The Misadventures of Falling Phoebe. Ooh, that's a pretty good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds like young fiction. Chuck Lloyd, Chuck, son. Hey, Chuck. Son. We have a running joke. I don't know where it started, but he is my son and I'm his mom. Okay. Uh, Chuck Lloyd, Phoebe's Foibles. I like, I like, I like. Joey. Joey. You might have the winner. We're going to have to keep going, but dumpsters, dive-ins, and suicides. I mean, (laughs) you're hitting all of my, you know what I mean? You've got a Fieri, you've got a diner's drive, like all of it. Any Fieri reference. Any Fieri reference will probably win. You guys just need to know that. (laughs) Um Clint Sparks, am I being shafted? Uh, <laughs> let's good. see. Yeah. Emily, Melbourne and Misadventures. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody replied to that. Bootmen. Do you remember when I talked about bootmen? <laughs> bootmen? On Ross Fires and Revolution. I just went off on this Australian movie that I loved called Bootmen. <laughs> okay. No. All right. Perfect. Uh, Sean Savoy, you have another front runner. Shoot first and ask questions later. Oh, God. Oh, shoot. C H U T E. I know, I know, I know, I know. Shoot first, ask questions later. Side note Dirt Road Infidel is uh, a guy. We wonder sometimes when people write in from their things, like if it's guys or girls. So they're kind of like telling us, you know, Blasty Cat's a girl, Mm -hmm. Dirt Road Infidel. With some people, I wonder when I see him in person. I said, Oh, Dirt Road Infidel, that's for sure a woman. I think that's what I said on the last episode. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. What gave you that feeling? It just kind of feels like a, a woman's name, doesn't it? Which one? Infidel? Dirt Road Dirt Infidel. Road Infidel. Like, no, I think we were pretty... I think seems, we were pretty... Um, that was the joke. Yeah, seems kind yeah, of yeah. yeah, yeah. Definitely a dude. <laughs> I think we all said, like, if it is a girl, she's badass, right? And if the if Blasty Cat, Blasty Cat is a dude... Yeah. That's gay. Yeah. 
Yeah, we'll look into it. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I didn't Just say it, bit. but anyways, uh, Shane Ridding, an Australian prolapse. <laughs> just pretty like it has nothing to do with it, but I like it. I think he didn't have a title. I think he just wanted yeah. He was to just like, well, that's what it was. Wanted, yeah. So Valerie B, Valerie B. I do like this one. How to dumpy? How to dump a trashy girlfriend in ten days? That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Reference to one of my favorite movies, also. Right. Great. You love uh, Kate Hudson, I know. Adam da- Dankoff. Oh shoot. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, Connor Wilson also had shoot first ask questions later. One man's trash is another man's treasure from Nathan Heinrich. Okay, I think the um, I think the winner. It has to be. Um, Are you deciding right now? Don't we usually? I thought we did. I'm just trying to build, build tension here. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. What is this? Who I wants think to be so. A I think so. I'm going with shoot first, ask questions later. That's good, but okay. the, I like shoot, diner, and what was it? Yeah, yeah. The Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. That one's really good too. Shit. Or Valerie V, too. It's an honorable mention. But I think, as you guys know, I have to go with. Um thinking 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 ding 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 I'll play the Jeopardy song right now. <laughs> what what that was, was, was it? Dumpsters? Oh, dumpsters, dive ins and suicides. This is why And was it dive ins? So the reason why this is Something taking like long that. is because I didn't do my job. No. And I forgot to write them all down before the show. God damn it, Joel. And our show's yeah. popular. We've got 500 million comments, so Seriously. she has to dig through them to find them. I'm Dumpsters, dive-ins, and suicides. Okay. So that was Joey. Joey Amber you. Bowman said, I was going to try to think of a title until I saw yours. I can't beat a Guy Fieri reference. And Amber knows me oh. so well. All right. That, that seals so, it. So, Joey, yeah. I'm changing my vote to that one. His, uh, Joey's the winner. Yay. And I guess we know what Joey thought. Happened. Suicide. Anyway. (laughs) Suicide. Right, because it would have been. Yeah, because it would have been dumpsters, dive-ins. And and you still, and here's the other thing. You still, after seeing that shoot, because I said, after you looked at the footage and did all of that, you might change your mind. You still believe. I I think that that her her man is involved in some way that he didn't admit to. Okay. But I. You think I, she put herself she probably, in there? Probably. Well, no. Maybe he helped her, but it was she, maybe she wanted to do it. That's All a right. good boyfriend, <laughs> right? You know, it might not be what he oh, wanted, you but wanna, it's what she wanted. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you want to go in the trash? Maybe shoot? they had this long thing for like a year talking about how she wanted to die, and he was like, "Finally." Fuck it, all right, I'll do it. But we're going to make sure it looks like you did it yourself. I don't want to go to jail. She's like, perfect. And we'll find the most humane way possible to do it, which is by dumping you down. And and having you not die and crawl across the floor almost dead until you make it to the door and die there. Yeah, and then Yeah, that sounds like the best way. Not throw you off the the huge building that they lived in. Anyways. You're in Australia. Do you... There are literally so many things that you can find in Australia that will kill you very quickly. Did any aside of us from think the that Australians they were smart? Themselves. Like I, you have to consider yeah, they're not the, the, the sharpest tools in the shed. Oh, uh, yep. Yeah, Australian. Fair. That explains it. Fair. Yeah. All right. 
So this one, you will not have an Australian accent. You're welcome. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. I know. It's rough. <laughs> um, okay. Here we go. You ready for the wild ride? I'm ready. In, in the early morning hours of April 7th, 2008, in Kansas City, Kansas, that one, not the other one that's confusing. There is a what? Kansas City, Missouri, and that doesn't I make know. any fucking sense to me. And I, it's that's like, what? I know. Isn't the city right on the border? 45-year-old Kathleen... Should be Missouri Sh- City. 45-year-old Kathleen Schroll called her mother in a panic. She said a man named Peter Coons was there, and he had a gun. On the phone, Kathleen said, He said he's going to kill Carl, and he said he's going to kill me, and he said he's gonna, he has his tracks covered where no one will know he did it. Soon after that, the line suddenly went dead. So, um, Kathleen, Coon, Kathleen Schroll... Her husband, her Carl Schroll. Schroll. S-C-H-R-O-L-L. These fucking like backwoods names sometimes, know, dude. Right? It's just like, really? Coons, Schroll. Um, so she, this is happening to her, apparently. Okay. She calls her 78-year-old mother. Her mother was like, it was 2.30 in the morning, so it was like, what? what? You're what? You're in the house. Somebody's in there trying to kill you. Don't you have somebody else you can call? Right. There's a number for this, my dear. (laughs) 911. Yeah, yeah. Um, So she's like dazed and has, tells her Kathleen's brother that's living with her mom um, what's going on. And then he calls the police. So it's now gone through literally a game of telephone. Right. Somebody's being attacked in their house. They call their mom. Their mom tells their brother. Their brother calls the police, right? That always works out really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's usually why you just call the police first, right? If you know the number. So let's hear, what, let's hear what the brother said. Around 2.30 a.m., a man called 911 saying his sister needed help. You need to hurry and get somebody there. She's all crying and screaming. The woman who needed help was named Kathleen Schroll. Officers arrived at her house within minutes, but it was too late. Mark Dupree is the current Wyandotte County. And by so, house, they mean the bridge, right? So. <laughs> yeah, she lives under a bridge. And she asks people questions every time they try to cross the bridge. <laughs> They're asking him, like, who, who is it? Who's in the house? And the brother is talking to someone else off like, kind of like, what was it? What was the name? Uh, who's the guy that she said was in there? And she was like, Pete, Pete Coons. Pete Coons is in there trying to kill him. You have to get there. So okay. then the police, you know, have gotten this call. Um, the, well, 911 has gotten the call, and they just dispatched the police there. So actually, when the police go, they don't have any idea that this call has been made, basically naming who was there, Right. So they're just going in, looking at the scene. Um, When they arrive at Kathleen's house, they found both her and her husband dead. Carl Schroll had been shot twice in the chest while laying in bed, and Kathleen had a a single gunshot wound in the back of her head. Both had been killed with the revolver Schroll carried in her handbag. So it was 
her gun, but they had both been killed with this handgun. Okay. Um, when police walked in, they first, uh, the sergeant actually is uh, reported to have said that it, this is like murder-suicide from she all the evidence, all the evidence that we're seeing and exactly how everything's laid out, like that's probably what it is. And DNA and everything is, you know, it doesn't look like there's a struggle. Nothing is, you know, no signs of forced entry, no signs of forced entry. Nothing like nothing's moved around. Doesn't look like anything's, nothing's out of stolen. order. Her purse is there open on the table their cell phones are there his wallet the carl's wallet is there with cash so no one it wasn't like a burglary gone wrong or anything like that Mm -hmm. or a break-in so you're kind of just like well the only people that were in here were these two okay so kathleen worked two jobs one as a bank clerk at a credit union and the other as a caretaker for an elderly um for the elderly prior to her death. Kathleen had been caring for Pete's father, uh, Olin Coons Sr., a war veteran suffering from Alzheimer's. Olin Sr. hired Kathleen to help him around the house, which she did until his death in 2007. And she wasn't a licensed caretaker either. Right. The person that she named is Pete Coons which is who we're talking about in this case. And so she's saying the son is in her house on this phone call to her mom. The son and is the person that she was taking care of. Yes. Yeah, okay. that, that she used to take care of. And she also Until accused him. Until he died before this. Yeah, he died in 2007. Yes. And, and this murder is murder occurred in 2008. Yes. She also accused Pete Coons of stealing her lawnmower on the phone call to her mom for some reason. Yes. That was and like the pro- first thing that she said. Yeah. He stole my lawnmower and he's in here and he's trying to kill us yeah. and he's going to kill us. Okay. It was interesting. Yeah. Taking my lawnmower. <laughs> you son of a bitch. And I'm fucking going down <laughs> for it. You'll never take me alive. Yeah, and holding just it like this. One of those like push <laughs> ones. Like, ah. <laughs> no motor even. Just like the blades that yeah. roll like that. I love those kinds. I know, right? And those, so did he. Fun. So did Pete. Mm. So much so that he's going to take it. That he's going to take it and kill him. Yeah. Um. So uh, the morning after Kathleen and Carl's bodies were discovered, uh, Olin Pete Coons Jr., who we're going to refer to as just Pete Coons now, uh, was driving two of his children to school when he was pulled over by Kansas City police with their weapons drawn. The officers ordered Pete to step out of the car. He was placed under arrest for double uh, homicide. Damn. He's yeah. going to take his kids to school the next day after murdering people. Interesting. Well, you got to act right? normal. Yeah. If you do anything that's out of character, then they're going to see that as Exactly. As you evidence. don't take kids to school. School calls, then they have that on the record. Like, mm-hmm. you have to just be like, yep. Um, so Pete's arrest actually came as a shock to the community. He was a family man. He had five kids. He wasn't known in any way to be... Uh, violent or anything. He had five kids to feed. Yeah, but he was just like described as like good dude. Yeah. Just good a dad. Normal, 
Like not, of course that happens, right? Where you're just like, oh my gosh, BTK. It was I, the fucking. I was going to say BTK <laughs> right? was also described that he way. Was like, he was like, yeah, obviously very, very fucked up. Yeah, Boy Scouts so and pastor and like pillar of the community. It happens, mm-hmm. right? And didn't but, also I think he also installed security systems. BTK, that is. Yes, Dennis Rader. Yes, so very rare that there's nobody that has anything kind of anything to say like he was a little bit violent or him and his wife had probably like there's always somebody that has like noticed something and is like, yeah, he was always a little right. So this was not at all the case. Um, The 57 year old father of five was well-respected and devoted husband to his wife, D Deirdre. Um, Deirdre. We'll call her D for you. D. Joel loves the D. There also, there also didn't appear to be any reason for Pete to murder Kathleen, um, as the two didn't have any relationship outside of occasional meetings while she was caring for Olin Sr. It wasn't until the investigation that a motive for the murder was discovered. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. What, are you, what are you thinking right away, Joel? Uh, my first thoughts were that she did it. Okay. And then... And then I'm like, oh, it was this guy somehow, but I don't know it yet. And now let's hear it for our next advertiser, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Uh, it's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than uh, two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings. Roll in. Uh, the big game is always right around the corner. Prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game changing moment into a hundred times your money potentially with as little as four correct picks. You can turn ten dollars into a thousand dollars. It's demon time on prize picks. Uh, so you're going at it here. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Uh, squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. Uh, and again, now you can win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. If you want to play alongside uh, alongside some of the prize picks' favorite players like uh, Meek Mill, Andrew Schultz, you can find them in the community plays underneath the promos tab of the app uh, to view the entries from some of the biggest names in prize picks community each and every week. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Steph Curry for more than 29 points and the Joker for more than 10 rebounds. I think Bob's taking Anthony Davis uh, for more than two blocks and Damian Lillard for four three-pointers made. Go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use the code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match for up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash Ross Patterson and use code Ross Patterson for a first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Yeah! Let's give it up for Liquid IV. Yeah! .com, baby! Promo code Nooners over there is going to get you 20% off your first order. Rage this weekend. Jobless on accident. I feel like it was an accidental rage this weekend. Yeah. And uh, I needed some liquid IV to start off today. I start every day with a liquid IV. 
Um, our kids are using liquid IV. Yes. Um, they've got the new and improved sugar-free liquid IVs as well. And Pear is back. Pear is back. That's my favorite. Pear was my favorite there. Um, big fan. But uh, hanging out, watching sports, hanging out with the friends and all that other stuff. You start boozing, lose track of time, and then you're like, oh, shit. I need to rehydrate for the week. Got to pop in that liquid IV. Are you a daily girl? Because I don't see you every single morning all the time. Yeah, I'm a daily girl. So I do um, one of the sugar-free grapes Mm. or the sugar-free apple, which are my new faves, in 24 ounces. Okay. So it is supposed to be just in, they say, like, put a packet in 16, 8, 16 ounces. 16 ounces of water. that's going to hydrate you double. Um, I put in the 24 ounce, maybe onesie or twosie. Yeah. And go through the day. Yeah, it's I too. life changing. I, I call it Hydration Monday here on the show because it's, uh, it's one of those things where, again, you go hard over the weekends, you got the kids, you're not eating great, uh, you're boozing with some friends or whatever, and then boom, reset on Mondays, pop in the liquid IV, and you're good to go. Um, but it's, uh, it's a little pouch. That's it. You're ripping open, popping into liquid, 16 ounces or more. And you're good to go. Super easy there. Three times the electrolytes, uh, no artificial sweeteners, eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Weekends are for going wild. Have a game plan for Monday with Liquid IV. Grab your Liquid IV hydration multiplier, sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Superior Hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. I just like him, but then when I see this picture behind me, I'm like, he did it. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, look, put anybody in a mugshot lighting and they're going to look, you know. Like this? Yeah, it's definitely not the most flattering light. No. Yeah. They, they don't they have, want they don't you have to people look... like you lighting mugshots. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I could get into that. Yeah, mugshot lighting. Um, six months before Olin died, uh, the dad that Kathleen was caring for, um, Kathleen had been made the beneficiary of his $48,000 life insurance policy. Uh, Pete didn't learn about this until after his father's death, and he began challenging um, this benefic- the, the beneficiary change. But the insurance company insisted that a federal court would have to determine who would receive the payout. This led to a civil dispute between Pete and Kathleen. Um, that was still unresolved at the time of her death. Kathleen would tell her friends and family and coworkers that Pete was harassing her and that, um, so Pete had, because they told him this, he's like, okay, I'll file a report and, you know, for both elder abuse and, you know, embezzlement, defrauding, Mm-hmm. stealing from my dad while he was alive and after he was death. So she was, you know, taking money or whatever. Mm. And so, she might so he up. started, according to Pete, right? So then he's starting this law, you know, civil suit against her, which means that he has to have a lawyer, then she has to get a lawyer. And um, he had pretty good 
evidence against her. I forgot to say that we have hot checks, too. I love a hot check story. What does that mean? Hot check? Where it's like, not a fake check, but like, she also would write. Like, in her early days, would write, like, um, checks that would, like, make her bank account go negative, but she Mm. was cashing them at, like, some kind of quick stop or something where she would get the cash. Her mouth for a check that her ass can't catch. Hot checks, dude. (laughs) Hot checks. Love a hot check story. I'm pretty sure that the legal definition for that is check fraud. No, I think it's hot checks. I think it's just hot <laughs> that's, checks. That's what the police call it. That's what you're charged with in court. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, she's been writing hot checks. Guilty of hot checks. And they shoot her in the head. In the yeah, yeah, yeah. It's de- and the penalty is death upon the back of the head upon um yeah conviction. So that was a weird one. Prior to conviction, surprisingly. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like you don't, don't even go through trial. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. Just gonna shoot you. Someone goes hot checks and they fucking shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so this was all kind of going on, but Pete was going about it in the right way of like, I'm going to go through all the different channels and get the evidence and then you can dispute it. What have you? Up until the system failed him. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So like I said, Kathleen was kind of planting seeds or she was telling her friends um, and family that he was harassing her. She even said that, they had a run-in at the local quick stop, um, like whatever, gas station yeah, thing. Quick stops. Yeah, we have quick stop here, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where Pete yelled at her and said she's not going to be spending any more of his family's money and like got in her face and it was like really bad. Um, so once in jail, Pete obviously obtained a lawyer. When he was uh, being investigated, he waived his Miranda rights and answered all questions, which I know you guys know this. I know you guys know this, whether you're guilty or innocent. And I'm sorry for police, you know, law enforcement that are listening. You just don't don't ever talk to the police without a lawyer. Just don't. Just don't. Even if it makes you look guilty. It's better for everybody in the long run. Yes. Even if you are completely innocent yeah. and you know you're innocent. Don't ever. Do don't not- ever sit. Don't ever let there be a video of you sitting in an interrogation room talking to a police officer mm-hmm. and answering his questions about a crime that you're involved in. And Just I don't. Think don't. That's, I don't think that's disrespectful to police. Like their job I, is to, you know, catch people that are doing crimes. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's it's really just common sense. Yeah, but they're really just trying to catch poor people. So get a lawyer. No, I'm just kidding. Make more money. <laughs> um, Have so a trust fund. Obviously, to close cases, not save So ones. now he's answered all these questions. And by the way, in the investigation is just really confused. Um, like, what what are you talking about? What do you mean? I had nothing to do with this. And was really pretty confident that... They would figure out. He was like, just investigate. Just like go to the crime scene. I, I, I don't know what's happening. Go to the crime scene. You'll see that I'm not there. You'll see that, that like there's <laughs> nothing, but you'll see that there's nothing. I, I, I didn't leave. You know, I'm not that good of a criminal. I'm freaking 300 pounds and I have. Oh, he's a big boy. Yeah. Two strokes. One not the guy attack. behind you, but this guy is. Um. So uh, obtained a lawyer and was confident that his al- alibi and no motive and no physical evidence 
was enough for him to be walking free very soon. And this would all be over. But the phone call. So this phone call Mm. that Kathleen made to her mom and then her brother made to the police is the smoking gun that he will never be able to dispute. It's you really just cannot with that. Everything else just goes. And especially once, I mean, even the medical examiner knew about this phone call, right? The police found out. So when they're at the scene investigating the police, when they first showed up, like I told you, they were just like, well, mur- murder, suicide. Then the family came to the house and told the police about this phone call and who it was and whatever. And from that point on, it felt like that's all it was. Yeah. Like, oh, she called and said. I mean, literally, we're hearing from the victim what who who was attacking her. It's Occam's which is razor. all you want. Like, police officers will like dig, uh, or investigators will dig forever to just find like something of like somebody saying who it was. Right? Mm-hmm. They'll. Uh, question people in hospital beds that are like dying and being like, who was it? You know what I mean? Like they'll do anything to just be like, can you just say who it was? And they have, they have her saying it. Mm -hmm. Right. Pastor Troy. (laughs) Um, so they had this phone call. They have witness testifying that Pete was harassing Kathleen because she was telling everybody. Witnesses that that she said he was, but didn't actually see it. Right. Nobody saw anything, and nothing was recorded. So the phone call that she made to her mom was not recorded. Oh, This is a big game of telephone, right? That's why I record every single phone call that I make to my mom these days. (laughs) I just need need With your mom, that's very smart. Oh, yeah. She's trying to pull shit all the time. Alibi. Mm -hmm. Alibi. How many murders? You got to be walking through your life. You got to be walking through your life now being like, can I use this as an alibi if something happens, <laughs> right? Like, always get receipts, always get the toll, you know what I mean? Like, driving through the toll, waving with, to the camera. Make sure your face is very, very Very visible, a, lean. When you run through a lean red light over the, and take yep, a picture. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, uh, with all of this, um, and also the fact that um, the state is saying that Carl, her husband that was on the bed, had a like blunt force trauma to the head. Really? And okay. then he was shot. So they're like, okay. So what they're saying, their story is, whether it's true or not, Joel, you're going to have to decide. But Kinky sex. Oh, I don't decide <laughs> yet. I don't decide so yet. they're saying Kinky that Pete, Pete comes to the house with some kind of weapon. Right, whether it's like hammer, whatever, he's gonna kill them. Okay, he's so pissed. He just had the run in at the quick stop. She's like dodging, you know, this criminal trial. She's been stealing money, whatever. So he goes in there and hits Carl on the head first. Kathleen comes at him with the gun. He somehow gets that gun from her, shoots Carl, shoots Kathleen in the back of the head, and leaves. So that's what they're saying happened because there's a separate injury on Carl's head. So this is the states. They always lay out the story that they think happened from the evidence that they have. Right. So from all of that, he was sentenced to life in prison 
for killing a, a woman prosecutors described as a devoted friend and caregiver to Pete's father, Olin Sr., but was surprisingly not convicted of killing Carl. That part I didn't understand. I think, you know what I think it was, is because they were going for first degree, premeditated. Mm. And so I think the way that they were, you know, when they were presenting it to the jury was like, you went there to kill Kathleen, but Carl was kind of just in the way. So they can't actually convict him for premeditated killing of Carl. And so they had to dismiss that because they were only going for first degree, right? Mm -hmm. I think. It's weird either way. Like you've clearly they said that he's killed both of them, but he's only guilty of one. one. This is how fucked fucking bureaucracy backwoods fucking shit was at this time. Um so um two years later where's this oh yeah okay so he's in he's in jail and obviously trying to appeal which you do two years later he was granted a new trial um using his same defense lawyer so she was the one that came to him and actually said hey i found a disc on your computer basically so pete's alibi was that And his family all said it like he was home all night. We heard him coughing. He was on the computer. He came into our room and told us not to stay up too late. It was like all a normal night. And the family was all testifying to that, but it didn't mean anything. Right. So they were saying like he was on the computer like during this, during this all night, like pretty late until like three or four. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing that they had was a family's, you know, testimony, which is like, but they're gonna have you don't know because yeah. they're going to oh, have God, your back. You they me? may. If I killed somebody, my mom would throw me under the bus in a second. No way. She would literally be like, she would do anything. No, yeah. She would frame me for something that she did. Well, Give her different. a Long that's... Island. <laughs> She'll fucking go on the stand for you, right? Oh, she gets a lot of confidence once she drinks a couple Long Island. And she loves you a bit sure. more, I bet, huh? A little bit. I love you, Coop. <laughs> yeah. Give her a Long Island. Put her on the stand. She'll be on your fucking side. That's right. And, you know, I can't say that I wouldn't do the same. <laughs> she would have your if, back to the end, Coop. She yeah. would also blame you for something By she the was way, getting in trouble. Every family. Oh, so it's supposed to go both ways. Yeah. Okay, I, mm. I can kind of get that. She would burn you, and she would also have your back to the end. I see that. <laughs> right? So, you know, you can't really... And even the family says this. It's like, how do you prove that someone was home all night? Like, there's no receipts for that. There's no... Like, how do you prove that someone didn't sneak out or whatever? Like, the only yeah. thing we can say is... We heard this. We heard him coughing. Like, he came into our room. Like, but that's not hard evidence, right? So if your alibi is supposed to be overnight and you're home with your family, you're fucked. Like, you need to have a, like I said, a toll booth or, you know, survey. Clocked in at work, on camera. every single room of the house. Yes. That's, I mean, that's what what I do. In the rooms, showers, toilets. Really? Everywhere. Good to know. Yeah. If you oh, ever go to Coop's, I'm not that creepy. I if only have If you them in the ever toilets. go to Coop's house, <laughs> <laughs> you better not be shy. Yeah. 
Um, so the so the same lawyer came back to him and was like, "Hey, I I found a disc somehow on the computer. This was, you know, a while back, and it's backwoods." So found some kind of floppy disk that like showed <laughs> that he was on the computer during this time, right? And they probably were still using like those five It was something. Or like, remember the big tower the that you would put the disk in, floppy disk, you had all the different <laughs> yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. laser disk in his house. So I, it was probably something like that. But anyway, she got a hold of that and she was like, we got this, like we can show that you were home during this time, going to trial again. Granted a new trial, but the prosecutors had their own wild card. A jailhouse informant, which, what the fuck are we doing anymore with this? Right? So anyways, this jailhouse informant said that Pete actually confessed to him in jail. Which is a pretty common, it's a pretty common occurrence for uh, the state to use witnesses other that inmates other yeah. inmates and sometimes they'll even plant people in the cell with them to try and get yes. a confession now i would i would trust someone that was planted that i would believe right more than someone that just comes forward right because you usually get a reduced sentence you get benefits uh, from doing this right so how is it ever credible you're, i just never i, I never literally trusting that. a a convicted criminal to tell you the truth about something that they'll benefit from. Yeah. If they're, well, not even if they're right. No, just telling you something to save their own ass. Then again, it is risky. uh, You're a rat at that point. Oh yeah. That gets you you in trouble in jail. You better believe that if you're going to be, if you're going to be a snitch, that better be enough to get you out. Because if anyone finds out that you're a snitch while you're in prison, you're fucked. You're going to get butt fucked. Yeah. Just be let's just let's just lay it out there, it. right? Maybe the fucking was, title uh, of the episode. I don't know. His name something something. Picton, Pure rat. Carl Carl Picton. Uh, anyway, this Picton guy. He was the one who killed a serial killer, killed a bunch of people uh-huh. at the piggy palace, and fed them to the pigs. Mm-hmm. That's the way that they got the best evidence against him. Is they had is a, an informant. Yeah, they had an informant. Was it in the planted cell. though? They were recording. Yes, they were recording videos. Yes. So that and that's the thing. That if you get it. If you get it from a phone call, you know, of like you pay someone on the outside to to talk to them so that you can record the phone call, fine. But like just having another inmate come forward and say, hey, just so you know, like he, yeah, but it's pretty common. Um, So this, they actually, so he has this other trial and the prosecution actually brings this jailhouse informant onto the stand and he said that Pete confessed to him in jail he said that he left out the window of his bedroom in the middle of the night he said his wife knew about it and that she was kind of an accomplice and he took his red jeep so that he wasn't in the family's van and people wouldn't see him and Kathleen wouldn't see him and uh, he said that Carl told um, yeah he said that Pete told him that he killed Kathleen and Carl and he covered all his tracks, cleaned everything up, and he even had his wife sell his Jeep immediately after. Okay, so you have this like crazy kind of improbable story from an informant. And then you have evidence. That, yeah. Well, because apparently he 
confessed to him, right? Yeah, allegedly yeah. Pete told him this firsthand. Okay. Which, again, this is not uncommon. Like, this happens a lot where they will, you know, use informants, put them on the stand, and they will tell them, you know. Because really, too, because I've been uh, locked up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you You're, have so much you street say, cred. You say stuff like you want to be, you want to be cool. I mean, you literally are just in like this weird high school situation yeah. where like someone comes up to you that's been in there for a while, right? And they go, you know, they tell you what they did and they want to know what you did or whatever. And you're trying to, what are you going to say? That's what I was going to say before. I was going to say, how can that be used for anything? Because I could see if I was in jail. And I well, it can be used because yeah, I would say, yeah, I killed him, so people wouldn't fuck with me. Exactly, that's what yes I was thinking or too. No, I'd, right? I'd like tell people like I literally ate every single infant in a maternity ward, and that's why I'm locked up. So you better not fuck with me. For sure, but also if you did do something, it'd be very easy for you to just be like, yeah, you know, yeah, I did it. Uh, I did this and you know, whatever. I'm trying to trying to get out, but like you know. Don't think they have much on me, right? And you kind of like go through your cases together. And it's insane yeah. how many people get get convicted because they're talking too much while they're being held in jail during the trial. Yeah, because that's that's the environment that it is. Like the the people that rise through the ranks are the ones that are the most hardcore. Yeah. So it really does breed this, you know. Not talking is the best thing you can learn to do to not do. In yeah, but then you're not going to be but then situation. you're not going to be cool with the people that are like telling you their shit and like do you know what I mean? Yeah. It is it is a scary place. I haven't been in this fucking thing, but it's a scary place to go in and be like how do you make friends in fucking jail, right? <laughs> like how you make friends if you're going to be somewhere for a while is be like yeah. what did you do? What did I do? All right, cool. That's like it doesn't seem weird. Do you know what I mean to them? And so they start to like spill because it's such a like non-judgmental non-judge- environment. <laughs> they just feel so safe and open. Because you, that makes you I feel cooler. like I can tell you anything, Mr. Cellmate, that I've had for so two days. So sometimes it does work, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you're saying, like some people do get convicted because they just start trying to be cool with other people and tell actual real details yeah. and talk about how they got away with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's not unheard of, and it, it's not weird. Like, he may have done this, right? So he may have just confessed to this dude because he was, like, roommates with him and wanted to be fucking cool. And that's why it's able to be used a lot of the time. Right. But if you're giving incentives to the person that's... then, you, But we're, we're, we're taking smoke. the word of yeah. fucking criminals, right? Yeah, so it's like... Exactly. The whole point is to be credible on the stand, and they even put the informant on the stand, which isn't also usually something that they do. So anyways, this is what he thinks. Pete thinks this is his This is his time, second trial. They're going to find out that he didn't do it. He's got this new evidence. People are going to see that, like, there's no way that he could have done it, and he's found guilty again. Two times. Damn. Two times. Now he's Ugh. two times. So now you kind of go, well... guess he did it. Right? Joel, what are you thinking now? Well, it doesn't seem like there's enough evidence, but I don't know. That what? He didn't that he did do it? it? That he, that did, he did, did it. Did or didn't, yeah. 
but like how can you have this many things against you and two trials of guilty right yeah so the justice system is right like 99 percent of the time yeah you're telling me that this is the one percent <laughs> where'd you get those stats <laughs> the, the place that most stats come up i just made them up yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody has, like, real stats, right? Like, where do you find real stats? Stats aren't a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just something they use in an argument to make a point. Yeah, and you lie about them always. <laughs> um, seems okay. kind of weird to me. I don't know. He's, what's his prior uh, history? Any uh, prior felons or Oh, dude, we told you. He's like, he's, an angel. he's just like a dude. He's just like a normal dad dude. Boring, overweight family man with right? two strokes and a heart attack. Yeah. Yeah. And just like wife that he's fucking been with forever and loves and kids that love him. Like they all are just like, dude, what? What? Everyone's like surprised. But conversely, like on Kathleen's side, her daughter is like, what? Same. What? And even her friends too. Her friends too are like, no, she is so nice. She's so caring. She would like pick us up. You know, if we didn't have a ride to work, she would like leave early take us to work and then sit in the break room until her shift started. Like she was always right. So she so just both wanted of to them like have get one last dig. She wanted, she just didn't want people to think she killed her husband or are you saying that she's I mean, that's like a really extreme way to prove that you didn't kill your husband. Are you like killing s- yourself? Are you saying this is kind of like, you know, like when people pull pranks that they're never around to see. It's <laughs> a super prank. Are you saying like when people like pull like I never understand that when people like pull a prank that they can never see the person's actual like reaction and they just have the to like sit there it. and go like hmm, I bet he fucking finds the oh, box I- of snakes or whatever right <laughs> but you never you never see it you never get any of the love benefit that. of it I love right that. no 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 like if if I knew that there was like I put a little piece of poo or something. At Coop's right, new house, and he, right. I know he's going to step in it. I'm just happier than shit till I get the call. <laughs> but but you're, like, you're still what if the, you never? What if you never? You're still getting the reaction. Yeah. yeah. So what Eventually, I'm saying, like, won't what if see it happen? What I'm saying is like, what if you never get the call? Like, what if it's just literally like then I'm happier a prank that you're once. like, what, what if dude, you, what if you take a shit I on bet. my carpet and then shoot yourself in the head? They're still going to be the same. Oh, that's good. <laughs> dude, dude, dude. What if you like sh- take a shit on the carpet and then when you get home, he like grabs your hand, puts the gun in it and shoots himself. <laughs> Surprise. Right? Like it's just like the most crazy prank that yeah. you are never going to be able to <laughs> so see. So you leave the poop there, you kill yourself. And then, so, but you know, before you kill yourself, like after Coop finds out that I'm dead, he's going to be super sad. And then... He's going to step, gonna in, the step sh- in my shit. <laughs> okay, so now you're getting it. Now you're getting it. Yeah. Like, now you're getting, like, that's the theory that people think, right? So now you're getting it. That's yeah. crazy, isn't it? Well, I could see isn't her being, insane like, Isn't that insane to think people- that someone would do that? If both Joel's people it, are then, like, then, yeah, it's probably insane. But both people are <laughs> upstanding, no criminal, you know what I mean? Like, they're just everyone's just like, what on either side? Like, there's no way that mm. either one of these things can happen. I could see I could see if I was going to, like, kill my wife and myself, if there was a way to make it look like someone else did it so we didn't get accused of suicide. I could see trying to plan that real quick at the last minute. Like, Does just that so, matter? Well, just Does so it you matter to you? To, yeah, like, I okay. think that, that if I had kids or whatever, mm-hmm. if they thought it was a yeah, murderer yeah, yeah. and not a suicide, maybe that would be less hard for them. 
Gosh, I feel like both are equally shitty, right? Yeah, they're both. It's shitty no matter what. Because then they're like constantly going to be like. Who killed him? Right. And like wanting revenge on that person. And then. But then if you kill yourself, they're constantly going to be like, like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Why? Why wasn't I good enough for them to like stick around at least? Why are they so sad? At least if it's a murderer. They had. There's nothing they could do. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That makes sense. I like that. Um, Okay. So now over a decade later, now we're in 2020. Fucking hell. He has one last chance. He has one last chance to have another trial. You don't get any more than that, right? What is it? I think you get two two appeals. Is that the case? I've never actually looked into it, so I'm not sure. Yeah, so I don't know the actual thing. People will probably be able to tell us in the chat, but you only get a certain amount of appeals. Like, you get to the end. Like, Scott Peterson, for example, like, is done. He's appealed so many times that it's, like, over. He cannot even, like, ever. I know. (laughs) Who's this? Scott Peterson. He was the one that... He was the one that killed his 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 pregnant wife because he wanted to be with his uh, pointy-faced lover. Sad. He couldn't. You never commit murder for a downgrade. And then he dyed his hair blonde and tried to drive to Mexico. Huh? Remember that? (laughs) Do you remember that? This was a case that was like in our lifetime. Like Mm -hmm. you would have seen it on the news when you were like a kid. Okay. It was 90s, right? Wasn't it? No, I think it was 2000s. Was it? Like Limp Bizkit era? Look it up, Coop, right now while I'm talking. Okay. So we're now in 2020. He's got his last chance. But new evidence has emerged that actually shocked everyone involved. And now we have a new district attorney, which is pretty much the only thing. If you're wrongly convicted, um, the only thing you can hope for is the district attorney to be taken out of office and you get a new one because that if you have the same one they're not going to want to admit that they were wrong right so Mm. they will do whatever which is kind of what happened in the second case because it was still the same judge the same district prosecutor everything so they're like cool we've got an informant so he we were right we were right right yeah because you admit you're wrong you gotta pay some money you got to be well, you fired. Can, yeah, you you got to be like, yeah, you get in, you disbarred. Like it's you much can't better be a to lo- let somebody else spend life in prison yes. and get in trouble for fucking up your yes. job. Like it's much better to be like, whoopsie, <laughs> than it is to be like, sorry, we made a mistake. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's easier to, uh, it's easier to apologize than it is to ask for permission or it's easier to ask yes. for forgiveness than it is to ask for permission. And with the, um, so once they're out of office, then they'll be like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, it's not my problem anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. And then another district attorney can come in and be like the hero. So everybody kind of wins really. <laughs> and for the fucker that was innocent in jail. The whole with time. the introduction of DNA, no, everybody kind of wins. Joel, they're criminals. Um, Allegedly. Using oh, DNA as, as evidence um, has not even been that long. I think it was even like 90s. Was it 90s? I think it, it must that be. That like we just started like being like able that, to like yeah. use DNA to either, you know, exonerate people or convict people or whatever. So once that started being a thing, then 
people are these kind of things will happen because you will find DNA that's like, hey, you can't dispute this because if you don't have that, they will dispute it to the fucking end Mm -hmm. because you can't keep admitting you're wrong. A, you're going to lose your job. You know, people are going to have to pay a bunch of money to these people, whatever. So they have a new DA, which is great. And, um... Pete's lawyers continue to contest the court's decision, unearthing details about the case that had been omitted from the trial, which is a Brady violation, huge no-no. You cannot cannot do that. You You can ask for things to not be admitted, but all evidence has to be at least in discovery to someone, right? Whether it's the judge or the other lawyer or whatever, but you can't, as a lawyer, just be like, we're not going to, we're just going to not. That made me curious about what Pete's lawyers were doing during the trial. Like, who was it that was actually withholding evidence? Because this was The prosecutors. So uh, it was the state. I mean, that's, so are they, they're not going to get in any shit for doing that. They put a guy in prison for, for life. Withheld evidence. Now, the def- defense, if they had any of this, they would be like, okay. But they just couldn't. They were grabbing at like a, a floppy disk on a fucking computer just to be like. Meanwhile, the prosecutors in the state actually had hard evidence. No shit. That's- but because of the phone call and because of everything and because of the two convictions... They can't admit now. They can't admit now. They right? were way too deep. Yes. What's the evidence? What's the evidence? Okay. 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 Oh my right. gosh, we've only, okay. I mean, how All long right. have we gone? This show is usually three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to finish up like on time? Maybe. Okay. No, we don't do that around here. So now they're starting to unearth because of the new DA that's actually working on getting people that are wrongly convicted out of prison, which is very rare, right? But I think it's like his campaign. So everyone's running on something, right? Mm-hmm. And put it back on. Huh? What? What happened? Put it back on while we're talking. Don't <laughs> cut to you. <laughs> don't cut to you. You don't need to be a part of it right now. So, so now he's going through and actually trying to get the evidence that is actually just sitting there. The evidence that could um, exonerate him is just sitting there in the evidence room. Do you know how big of a role the new DA played in revealing the evidence? Yes. So he actually, his whole campaign, and he actually started a program where he said, if there's anyone in jail right now that feels like, they're wrongfully convicted or their family members feel like they're wrongly wrongfully convicted, uh, send a letter to my office. And he worked with the Midwest innocence project. So his whole thing was trying to fuck the previous D you know what I mean? Like be like, dude, fuck that guy. I'm this guy. Right. That's, uh, that's kind of interesting because you know, the song that we listen to before every episode of crime corner, big pimpin' pimpin by Jay-Z. Jay-Z made a $1 million contribution to that organization. 
no because shitting. of the Khalif Browder case mm. that he did. He did a documentary about it because he was wrongfully convicted mm. and all kinds of crazy shit happened. So, yeah, it's now I don't want to go to law school, guys. But if I were, it would be to literally just work with the Innocence Project out here, which is kind of just like going through letters, which is what you do because they just write letters stating their case and you either believe them or you don't, right? And you go on to the next one. And if you believe that they've laid out things that you can look into as a paralegal, you can be like, okay, I feel like we can do this one, right? Can you imagine the pressure that you would be under trying to write a letter to those people yes. convincing them that you're innocent? Like, oh, yes. man, I really got to get this shit right. So the DA was actually, it's the best letter that he's probably ever gotten, which is why he looked into it and went fucking hard. So the newly re- uh, revealed evidence began painting a vastly different picture of Kathleen Schroll. In reality, Schroll was a financial predator leeching money from a disabled citizen. So he was telling the truth about that. So over the years she had spent uh, working with Olin, Pete's father, Kathleen had slowly cut him off from his family. So she was like very isolating. She wouldn't let them see him, leaving him entirely dependent on her. As she isolated the elderly veteran, she took over all of his finances. After the death of Olin Sr., over $28,000 in checks were written from his account to Kathleen. It, it's unknown how many checks she wrote to herself, but Fuck. like while he was alive. Yeah, so she, she was been like fleecing him the entire time. Because I think she was yeah. taking care of him for at least like a year and a half, two years. Yes, like and he's he 85. He has Alzheimer's. Um, she very easily can like, she knows the savings. She has access to everything. It's a really scary thing. Like if you use someone to take care of your uh, ailing elderly parents or whatever that isn't from some kind of agency that you can verify, like, my God, how fucking easy is that shit? But at the same time, like, here's how I feel about it, too, is that they are taking care of them and it is fucking hard. So I think in their mind, there is a level of justification Because they're like, they're like, his family's not fucking here doing it. I'm here fucking wiping his ass, doing absolutely everything for him. I kind of deserve. I'm gonna buy a a couple hundred every. You know what I mean? Sense of entitlement. Yeah, because it is very hard Mm -hmm. and it is draining and it does fuck with you, right? So like, and who knows how much she was getting paid? Do you know what I mean? Uh, Like, three hundred dollars a month, from what I recall, to take care of him. It was a part time job in. In his defense. But yeah, that's... that's she was living with him. Oh, I didn't know she was living with yeah, him. Yeah, and her been, daughter was living with more him. It at, at that point, but I know or, in the it was Or it's like, oh, you can live with me, but you know what I mean? Or I'm going to give you... So they did sign... You can live with me, but you have to fuck They me. did sign over <laughs> the house... Olin was getting hard. They did sign over the house to her pretty early on, and that may have been like, look, you can have this piece of shit house in the middle of nowhere, and we'll pay you $300 a month. But like you'll get this house and property when I die, but right? She, Not a bad deal. But then so she took that it, a step further. It wasn't uh, actually signing over the house. I don't know how early on in the process that was. It was while his daughter was still alive. Oh, okay. 
So that was something that I think was maybe agreed upon. Like, look, if you just stay and, you know what I mean, take care of him. And $300 a month is fucking nothing, right? Even in Kansas, that's not much. So they were kind of just like, look, take care of everything. You'll have this piece of shit house. Nobody wants it in the family. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't a great... The way that it came up in a lot of the articles was that it wasn't known until after Olin's death that the deed had been put in Kathleen's name. So it wasn't known until after his death that the life insurance. So before that, so they kind of, they knew the house thing. So they're like, they're like, cool, we don't want, I mean, the house is literally worth nothing, right? So they go, okay, if this lady gets this little house to live in, if she takes care of our dad until she dies, that's fine. We're not going to give her any more than that, but that seems fair, right? Yeah. And we've dealt with that, like with my grandma and stuff, where it's like, look, you have, you can stay here, you can have this whatever, because you're doing things that we don't want to fucking do, right? <laughs> right? So there's a, there's a level of that, I feel like, mm-hmm. where it's like that they've... You know, because then you start being like, oh, I'm going to wipe his ass and you're going to get the fucking 40,000. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) right? You're pissed. You're whatever. Like, I get how it happens. But anyway, Um, the beneficiary of the life insurance for Olin's life insurance policy had been done actually online. This is what they found in the... Um, discovery in the last trial. So it had been done online and without power of attorney. So you mean to tell me that an 85-year-old with Alzheimer's that doesn't have Wi-Fi in their house changed the life insurance policy on the computer without by himself? Help? Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. So there's that, which is like, no. Um, after the death, uh, or... Sorry, um, Kathleen had also opened a credit card in Olin's name, which is always a fun one, and withdrawn more than $12,000 cash, Jeez. which she obviously had no Shit. intent to pay back. Um, <laughs> she was just waiting out the clock. She knew she didn't have to pay it back. Basically. And I think his family was kind of like not around <clears throat> that much, so she kind of felt like she had free reign, but... She didn't. So last but not least, Kathleen put her name on the deed to Olin's house. Like we said, that happened before. So part of the evidence used to convict Pete Coons was his ongoing civil dispute with Kathleen. And prosecutors in the first case argued that Pete was worried that he would lose the legal battle. So he just wanted to kill her and get it over with. Um, In actuality, like, her being dead benefits him less. Oh, yeah. So, like, there there was no reason for Pete to actually want her dead for money because she was still the beneficiary, right? Mm. So that wasn't even a motive that they could have used in the first trial, but they did. Well, they the insurance mm. company had already made it clear at that point that it was going to have to be a federal court to make that decision. Right. So if he was going to get a hold of that money at all, he was going to have to go. And he was trying to be, he was trying to be pretty cool about it from all accounts and being just like, Hey, like that, let's just do this. He even tried to settle with her 
for $11,000. So No way. On top of her stealing all this money, but he's not an idiot. He's like, I'm not trying to fucking pay lawyers, go to federal court, get nothing. Look, to get you out of my life and get, you know, maybe $30,000, whatever, I'll give you 11000 and you can just fucking leave, right? So he was even doing that, which they didn't put in the first trial, too. Um, so... Let's talk about just the final trial and everything that came out. So okay. the police actually had a file on Kathleen with all this stuff in it. Embezzling money from her credit union job, actually. She embezzled from them. Anytime I hear someone works at a credit union, that's a little shady. Is there anything <laughs> easier to fucking steal from, right? So I go, hmm, there had to be something there, too. So, yes, yeah, she embezzled 30000 from them. Um, no shit. Yes, she actually, she had this, the police had all this in her file in the first trial. But they never talked about it? No. God damn. Pete had really shitty lawyers. This guy got fucked. Yeah. Fucked. Sounds like he got fucking butt fucked hard, yeah. (laughs) God damn. Which again, I mean, I feel like it might have to be the name of the episode because (laughs) you're just going to get butt fucked. Um... (laughs) So they had, they had all this that she was embezzling 30000 These were all like pending charges, by the way. This was like about to come down on her at this time. Um, she had uh, civil charges for elder abuse. That was about to come down on her. She was stealing money from Pete Coon Sr. and was then going to face insurance fraud of over $48,000. This was all pending, and she knew about all of this. Yeah. Coupled with her crazy amount of debt, debt which they actually found, like she in her personal life had so much debt that even her minimum payment was not as much as she made monthly. Holy shit! On top of all this other stuff, so this painted a picture of a desperate woman, right? Like this is someone that's at the end of their rope. They've done every, you know. Maybe someone that would commit suicide. I don't know. But anyways, it wasn't a picture that the first jury was even able to see because they didn't put any of this into the first trial. Uh, Even though they knew it. She was caring for a second elderly woman. Oh, was Uh, she? What was this? Tell me this. uh, Her name was something Van Dyne. I don't don't think I wrote down the name. But yeah, she was... Because she was kind of doing this with a couple people probably yeah she was moonlighting probably. as a caretaker for the mm-hmm. elderly but she specifically chose people that had dementia alzheimer's Perfect. something like that people that are a little bit easier to to handle or manipulate, or sure. manipulate possibly sure, 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 sure. it's also kind of interesting to note that the wallet of the other woman that she had been caring for who was already dead at that point was in her purse at the time of her death yeah so again, this was not at all the picture that was painted in the first trial. As we said, the first trial was just loving, caring, mother, would do anything for her friends, amazing person, had all of her friends on the stand and her daughter and everything. Oh, so God. no one and also the state was suppressing all of this evidence. So also... 
Um, like I said, in the first trial, they said that there was a gash on Carl's head that looked like this another weapon that Pete came in with, right? And then grabbed the gun. So what they ended up finding in the third trial, 12 years later, Fuck. in the pillow behind Carl was an intact bullet that was from Kathleen's gun. So what it actually was, was a grazing of the bullet, showing that every bullet that was in the scene was from Kathleen's gun, and that Carl was laying down when he was first shot. So if someone's calling their mom, saying somebody's... so, So we're supposed to believe... Let's set the scene that they were saying before. We're supposed to believe that Carl's sleeping in bed. Pete comes in, steals the lawnmower, holds it up. I'm taking this. <laughs> then he's going to kill both of them. Kathleen has time to call her mom, not 911, calls her 78-year-old mom and says, Pete's in here. He's trying to kill me. He stole the lawnmower. Carl slept through all of this. And then Pete just goes, all right, well, I guess you're sleeping, bro. Boom, 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 boom. Kills Kathleen, leaves, and is amazing enough, which no other criminal has ever been able to do, is leave no trace of DNA, fingerprints, hair, anything at the scene. He was the best. He was the best to ever do it, right? (laughs) 300 pounds. The goat. Lung disease, you know what I mean? So... So they found this bullet. Why we're just finding it in the third trial 12 years later? Jesus. Ask the first Christ. DA who sucks ass. Um, so there was also gunshot residue found on Kathleen's hand. Right? Which shows that she shot it. It wasn't found on, on Pete's hand at all. It uh, wasn't found in his in vehicle his ca- vehicle or anything. How they explain that away. Jailhouse informant said there was a Jeep that was sold. Sold about a year before the murder even occurred. Yes. So there was also no other DNA on the gun except for Kathleen's or anywhere else at the scene. And the informant actually ended up recanting. Um, But even though, even so, his story was insane. Um, Pete had said that Oh, I'm crawling out the window. He goes, I was fucking 300 pounds. <laughs> he goes, I couldn't, I, I was out of breath walking like five steps. Like, he's like, I'm not like that now, but that's how I was. So I'm supposed to what? Get out of this window. And the Jeep that he said, you know, was sold right after. He had papers showing that he sold it, what? Months it was, before? Uh, it was about a year. A year before a year. he had Holy sold shit. this Jeep. Uh, his health problems so no forced way. him to quit his job as a postal worker, and that's when he sold the Jeep. Yes. So the informant recanted, right? So now we're just like, you know, what What can you say? What can you say to this? At that point, they, they literally have no evidence left. Right. Like I bet they still tried, they, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Um. But there was, yeah, there was no physical or forensic evidence tying Pete to the scene. Um, the gunshot residue, Pete's poor health. Um, he had a strong alibi. All of this was like 
in the first trial, but that one phone call. Is he still going to get put in jail? What's happening? So, by the way, the, the phone call was made. So Kathleen, did that, that wasn't like a, her mom trying to cover up anything or whatever. That phone call was made. She called her mom and said that. Her mom also noted that she didn't hear any sounds of struggle or gunshots or anything like that going on in the background during the phone call. Right. Which is So she clearly strange. had some kind of, you know, yeah, that's everything we're meant to believe. That yeah. she's like able to call her mom in the middle of this. Middle and by the way, it's a tiny house. Right. And at that point, the way that she, uh, that Kathleen was describing the scene, Pete already had the gun. So she would have had to have been making the yes. phone call in front of Pete. Yes. Incriminating him. Yes. Um, he had a strong alibi. We go back to everything that happened in the first trial. Minus the phone call, right? Ba- basically. Mm-hmm. Basically just discounting the, po- the phone call. So the... The evidence in favor of Pete's innocence eventually swayed the courts. My God. In November of 2020, after serving 12 years for a crime he didn't commit, Pete Coons was exonerated and released from prison. The real culprit, though, let's talk about this bitch, this bitch. (laughs) Like, talk about, like we were saying, talk about a prank that you're never going to be able to see. I mean, how fucking... This lady was planting seeds from like months before of like he's harassing me. Just he's it up to stealing. Fuck him she over told somebody that he stole all the plumbing from the house. What? And on top of that, last thing, one of the last things she said was he stole a lawnmower from him. Which lawnmower, like a lawnmower, and that she would tell anybody. Found. Yeah, she would tell anybody that she. Saw her daughter, any co-workers, this guy's harassing me. I just feel scared, you know, planting the seeds. None of that happened. Pete was like, I was serving her like in a in the correct way with papers. And the last papers that she got served were pretty fucking incriminating. And she was like, fuck you. I have yeah. no. Right. But like how. Not I don't want to give her props. <laughs> that's just I don't want to give her props right but like how insanely evil dia- diabolical yeah do you have to be to to do this and in your last like dying moments you're gonna frame this motherfucker and know it. that you are going to ruin his life like how and she probably felt fucking good about it when look she, like we felt like we've all that. felt that right we've all felt like so pissed at somebody what's the worst you know what i mean where you're just like what's the fucking worst thing i can do this is the fucking worst <laughs> thing that you can do yeah, what's like the, the do you have the fucking thing? balls i don't know but like this is the worst thing that you can fucking kill do. yourself so they get a murder charge here's the other That's... thing she shot herself guys in the back, back of, the, of head. the head god damn because god of course damn. the medical examiner the emmy is like no i mean this this is homicide like this is somebody shot in the back of the this, head and it's somebody an execution po- style right she was even that fucking good. That's insane. That that level of vengeance and evil, like I can't um, understand it. 
but and for someone it's that kind of gangster. Give, give it a little tip of the hat. Just a, li- just <laughs> you a little. Respect it. You have to respect it, right? Planning out your own so, murder suicide months in advance, planting all the <laughs> seeds, and then following through with it. At the very least, it shows dedication. I dedication. feel like she was probably, a, aside from the stealing, she was probably a very good worker at the credit union. Do you, and her man didn't know, that's for sure. Yeah. Probably didn't know much about any of it. You probably didn't know anything about it until the first shot grazed the top of his head and he woke up and got two in the chest. But you know, you know, too, um, investigators believe that Kathleen had framed Pete for the crime so that her daughter, Blair Hadley, would still get all of the assets that she stole. So, like, in a weird way, it was like, I'm not getting out of this and I'll probably go to jail. My family will have to actually pay all of these debts. And in a weird also way, it was like, I'm, I'm going to... She's going to own it. In my last thing, I'm going to frame this motherfucker that I hate anyway, <laughs> and then my daughter will get the money, which she did. See, that I like. Right. I mean, it is That's, semi-altruistic. I mean, it's... She didn't want to burn her family. A lot of layers. And if, if her daughter was telling the truth... And they didn't really know how fucking evil she was. So that was also part of what she was hiding. She was like, I honestly I don't, want don't think that know. anybody else in her family knew about what she was planning. I mean, that, that would have spoiled the plan in and of itself. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think she that, couldn't, she couldn't have told anyone that she was. They didn't know that she was fucking robbing people. They, she, no one knew. And her husband would have to be like one hell of a husband to be like, okay, so three months from now you're going to shoot me while I'm laying in bed and you're going to kill yourself? All right, let's do it. No. She was obviously, she was maintaining innocence and the whole time being like this guy and she would tell her friends like this guy's harassing me. Like, you know, I'm sorry that his dad gave me the money because I was taking care of him. She was telling everybody that he was a drug addict. He would never visit his dad. She She was planting all the right seeds everywhere and didn't yeah. tell anyone, not her family or anyone, the real Brutal. truth. Fuck. This is, she, it's now dark. if she could give a TED talk, she's dead, but I mean, if she could give a <laughs> TED talk on how to completely get away with this shit for, well, 12 yeah. years because her daughter got, actually ended up getting the payout and the deed to the house. Insurance payout and the deed to the house. And the deed to the house. Nice. She sold the house for less than half its market value. Um, that was something else uh, that I thought was kind of suspicious on Blair's part, is selling the house so quickly mm-hmm. after Pete was arrested and selling it for below market value. Mm-hmm. Just get it done. It, well, I'm... Do you think maybe she told I'm her? kind of thinking that maybe Blair knew something like that was, was going on Possibly. or had some sort of inkling. Because otherwise, why would Probably you... suspicious about her mother in general? Yeah, why else would you sell or did she see so that he was below a, market value? Or did you see that he was appealing immediately and there wasn't a lot of evidence and I mean, that, that maybe he would get out? Appeals and some, take, take long enough that she could have... Yeah, but do normal people know that? Yeah, this is point. why there's all Probably those crazy Kansas. sayings about women like... The woman's fury and half mm-hmm. the fucking this <laughs> or whatever the, all those quotes Hell are. Mm-hmm. Fury like a woman Find scorned. me a fucking dude that's been that's done something this fucking crazy to someone <laughs> and yeah. well thought out. Well thought I mean, out. Do crazy shit, but it's and like, very hey, dude, well I may out. be dead, but I'm gonna ruin your fucking life you, for twelve <laughs> years. 
and my daughter's gonna get your fucking money too. Yeah, and your like, house. How crazy is that? Pretty now, goddamn crazy. Let's get ready to cry. You ready? Oh no, I thought I made it through. I'm always no. ready to cry. So Pete got out, reunited with his family. Good. Right? Every and his wife actually waited for him after many attempts for him to just be like please move on like this is awful and she was like you didn't do it i'm not leaving you i'm staying with you i'm fighting for you like i'm not no and his family still completely on his side the entire time See, now that's the other waiting for him the evil women there's the other side like women like this yeah that are just like no yin and yang ride or die so during his time in prison Pete had developed cancer that had gone undiagnosed because the healthcare system whatever you believe about what how much they should take care of prisoners sometimes people like this are not taken care of as well as the other fuckers that actually kill people right so he only had 108 days of freedom and time with his family (gasps) before he was hospitalized and ultimately died fuck 12 fucking years and then less than a year after he gets out he's dead yeah okay wanna cry let's go (laughs) I can only cry if I'm in a bathroom. How are you, buddy? Oh, it was like I was in a dream. Because you know, it was like, you know, this is the day that we've all been hoping for, praying for. His for son. Years. I can't wait to get to be dead all the time. I was in shock for a long time. Tears. His daughter. When we met the Coons family in December 2020, they were just starting to make new memories together. It is very much like picking the pieces back up and trying to put them back together. <laughs> Dad and I had a pretty good relationship before everything, and that didn't really change when he came home. Do you have a favorite moment just in these last few weeks that you've had him back? Honestly, walking around Walmart, he gets so excited about picking things up. You know, like, oh, I haven't seen these in 13 years. You know, like, oh, this is new. It's really awesome seeing him, you know, so ecstatic about little things that all of us would take for granted. That first time getting to see your dad again and for him getting to know his granddaughter, what was that like for you? I don't think that there is a word to describe it. Seeing my daughter, you know, say grandpa and being able to point that person out is overwhelming. I mean, it's amazing. We, I always knew that he was going to make a great grandpa. Being able to put arms around Deidre, free outside with no fence around us, was magnificent. Being able to hug my children this part, this part. was incredible. But I can't describe to you what it's like to meet your grandkids. Pete got to spend this past Christmas together with his family. He told... Just a fucking good dude. And this is cautionary fucking tale, right? Of like, get a fucking lawyer, dude. Even good, even good fucking dudes that like didn't even see it fucking coming. Hopefully not so much anymore. Hopefully the justice system is like 
growing and whatever. Oh, between 2008 and, he, and now, it's way advanced worse. And so even much. like, even what he says after. I mean, come on. Let's just forward, hang on. Not back. Down the road, five, oh. 10, 20 years. I like to say it's nothing but a speed bump in the rear view mirror. And if you don't dwell on it, you win. And I just want to spend the rest of my life being happy with what I have, not sad about what I lost. I mean, that guy, Twelve years in prison is a speed bump to him. He was just... Gangster, dude. Fuck. Gangster, dude. And so we talk about this Kathleen lady being a fucking gangster, but, like, real gangster shit is to, like, be in jail for 12 years, keep your entire family on your side, keep your fucking wits about you, and come out and be like, hey, it is what it is, right? I'm going to be happy with what I have. Thankfully, after he died, um, his widow and his estate was awarded $800,000, but I mean, come on. Fuck yeah. Is that even is that even equal to the time that they lost with yeah, like a that, really good yeah, at least dad? Got 108 mm-hmm. days. It's better than exactly never right. Getting out, dying yeah, there. or having him die in prison without getting this kind of any kind resolve, of which mm-hmm. kind of makes you think like, how many people are in there that don't get that? Yeah, right. That you don't a get lot. this story of like, oh, you got because. Again, like very hard for the DA prosecutors to admit that they're wrong. Why? Because they're paying out this amount of money. You ultimately will have to pay out. And who pays? The taxpayers, right? So then you lose your standing Mm -hmm. as far as like district attorney and all of that. But like, I don't know. You guys aren't crying. I cried. I had a tear. I know, because you're such a sweetie pie. Uh, well, I'm, I'm Coop, waiting until I go to the bathroom. Coop, not a drop. Not a not a drop. He's jealous, oh, no. is all. No, no he has a heart of coal, a black coal. <laughs> <laughs> like I said in the beginning. I can I can hold it in until I get by myself. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. But the his reaction to the whole situation, I think, is exactly why <laughs> D stayed with him through the yes. whole thing and why his family stuck by his side through the whole thing because he never in any of the interviews that he ever did he never once said anything negative he always had a positive outlook he yeah. said multiple times i'm not i'm not mad at anyone i just want the truth to be out there yeah he he was just a good fucking guy he was just a good guy and so but again it's hard it's hard to know cuz how many cases have we done right Joel where someone's like you know, so emphatically saying that they didn't do it and they were yeah. such a good guy and like, but and they did. True. But yeah. they did. They snapped in this one moment and everyone in the world can say that they were a great guy, but like very easily it could have been he had a, you know, he lost bad it. fucking day. He lost it on her and he was just like, fuck you. Like you've fucked with me long enough and even that would be justified in my mind with all the shit that she did right oh taking advantage of his his dementia addled father yes taking all of his money all of his inheritance the house everything 
And still sure, being like, fuck you. Yeah, like Olin Sr. for sure wanted all of his possessions. He would want those to go to his family. And she took all of that away from him. Right. I'm wondering, you're right. I'm wondering about the daughter. It's, I'm wondering about the daughter. She sold that house so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. She's not too why, incredible either. Why not well, hold on to it until you can man. get full price? Right. Or why Unless not you're worried just like, that you're going to lose it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she learned some shit from her mom. <laughs> yeah, right. Her I mean, there's wild, no way you can't. Sure. There's no way you can't. <laughs> yeah. It was her best friend, she says, my best friend. Oh, they. Mm. There had to have been some. Here's another fun fact. Uh, Carl, the guy that was. Kathleen's her, husband? Her, uh, yeah, Kathleen's husband that was murdered with her. Blair's stepdad. 20 years older. So this is kind of like a pattern. If you just look at the facts, you would Head be like, timers. this is someone. No, this is someone <laughs> that is opportunistic, right? Yeah. Like you're marrying someone older with more money. You know what I mean? Like 20 years older. And then you're, you know, caretaking only for all Like she just. Also the fact that he's, that Carl was 20 years older than Kathleen. In her mind, she could probably fairly easily justify like, oh, you know, he's on his way out anyway. He's had a long life. Might as well sacrifice. For sure. I think I think you're right that both things can be true, that like she was a great mom, great friend, great person. But whatever she was doing and whatever horrible things she was drowning in debt and underwater and lying and whatever that like she could have justified and even this murder suicide was justified because the money was going to go to her family. Mm -hmm. So like in every turn, this good person can justify what they're doing because of how hard they work or how good they are, what they're going to do for other people. Doesn't mean that it's not ruining like my favorite dude of all time. (laughs) Yeah. Poor Pete. Poor Pete. Pete. Rest Pete in peace, Coons. Pete. R.I.P., dude. Right? Yeah. And you know about that, the jailhouse informant. We hope that he, he got he's getting prolapsed <laughs> in jail, bro. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He would have gotten out two years later if it wasn't for that mother.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.